Welcome to the Homeschool Loftcast, a podcast presented by the Homeschool Loft in De Pere, Wisconsin. My name is Tina Hollenbeck, and I, along with my friend Jenny Tetzner, recently opened the Homeschool Loft to serve current and future homeschooling parents in the greater Green Bay area. Our goal at the Loft is to encourage parents who educate their children at home and let them know that they are both called to and empowered for the task of home-based education. From our physical location in De Pere, we offer one-on-one consultations, book clubs and discussion groups, workshops and seminars, and a curriculum viewing library. Through the Loftcast, we hope to extend our reach to encourage and bless homeschooling parents everywhere. As we move forward, we'll tackle a wide variety of homeschool-related topics, share our own insights gained from our years educating our own children, and also interviewing veteran homeschoolers and homeschooling experts from our area and beyond. Today, we're going to start by introducing ourselves. So I'm going to toss the ball to Jenny, asking her to tell you a little bit about herself and her family. Hello, friends. My name is Jenny Tetzner, and my husband's name is Joel. Together, we have two children, a boy and a girl who we've graduated both. Noah is 20. He turned 20 years old. Madeline is 18, and we also have Sophie Pants, our kitty cat, Sophia Louise Tetzner. And that's our beautiful family. How about that, Tina? (laughs) You know what's kind of funny, Jenny, is that our kids are almost the exact same age. I know. Rachel turned 29 days after Noah. Wow. And then Abby is 19. So we kind of had like four little kids all in a row. Didn't meet till our kids were a little bit older, but... So we have similar stories in that way. My husband, Jeff, and I have Rachel and Abby. And unlike Jenny, we have five cats, not just Mm. one. We have Sweater and Sparkle and Prince and Sapphire (laughs) and Barnabas. And so that's our little menagerie at home. Some homeschoolers have a lot of kids. That's right. a lot of cats. That's right. My girls would always say over the years as they met other homeschooling families, they're like, Mom, we're weird. There's only two of us. Most people have like five or eight or ten kids. (laughs) You're right. Our cats kind of made up for it, didn't they? <laughs> they totally did. Ah. So, Jenny, do you remember why and when God called you to homeschool? I remember precisely. Well, at the time, Noah was in kindergarten, and I was really excited about it in the beginning. Remember just that kindergarten kind of trying to be excited about it? And I was teaching Montessori at the time, and Madeline was just a wee thing. She was three, mm-hmm. and she was attending the same Montessori school. And she was not thriving in that program in the least bit, Hmm. not because of the program, Mm -hmm. just because it wasn't jiving with her. So I was carrying a lot of that stress Mm -hmm. of just feeling bad. And I wanted to whisk her away because my classroom was right on the other side, but I couldn't do that. And so one day I was sitting at Noah's little program, his kindergarten program at a school. And I'm not even kidding when I say this, but literally I was sitting there and I just felt this stirring in my heart called homeschool the children. (laughs) And I'm not even kidding. And it wasn't like I didn't know another homeschooler at the time. I didn't know anything about homeschooling, not one thing. And I thought, will I be able to homeschool my kids? And so I reasoned with myself, well, Lord, if this is really from you, then when I say this to my husband... (laughs) It's going to be, if he responds well, then I'm thinking, this is clearly from you. And if he's like, "Mm, you didn't do that great, babe, yourself in school, so I'm not quite sure. But I told Joel about it, and he was immediately like, yes. And so we went to the library and 
just happened, there happened to be three homeschool books there. Just and happened. I, Coincidence. Yep, I mean, just happened. <laughs> and one of them was the Wisconsin homeschooling, the state homeschooling uh. book. So we got that, read it front to cover, did more research than the FBI <laughs> about homeschooling and uh, took Noah out. I felt bad because I just signed a year contract to teach that next year. But um, the Lord said, no, this is what you're going to do. And here we are. And the rest is history. Yeah. Wow. So that was so great. <laughs> and so great for Madeline. Just let me add this is people would have questioned me because Madeline was quieter. So they would say, really? Would you really homeschool your child if they were quieter? Shouldn't you throw them to the social people out there so she becomes social? No. The answer is no. Yeah. So. Uh, you know what? I had that very, very same experience with my girls because they were what I would call now slow to warm up when they were preschoolers. Once they got to know people and were friends with their, their little friends, they were completely fine, but it took them a while. And I actually did have people talk to me because I was planning to homeschool from the time they were babies. And people would say to me, you might want to rethink that because they need to be socialized, exactly. right? And I knew by that point that I was called to homeschool. So I wasn't phased by that. But now in hindsight, what I have learned is that by keeping my girls home, I provided them with the security in me and in my husband so that by the time that they were, I don't know, early middle school age, my goodness, I couldn't stop their socialization. And one of them is a little more quiet than the other, but she's still plenty capable yes. of interacting. And she, they needed the security of knowing we weren't going to toss them to the wolves, so mm -hmm. to speak. Mm -hmm. I think it would have made it much worse if I, I had agree. shoved them into school. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. Listen to this question. Okay. Okay. Now this is a question that so many parents wonder about especially homeschool moms. Mm -hmm. So let's address you, mama, to another mama. Let's say this, Tina, what would you say to that homeschool mom who's listening right now, who's terrified? Let me repeat that. What would you say to a homeschool mom who's listening right now, who's terrified to bring her kids home and doesn't believe she's equipped to teach them? <laughs> Can I say, just do it? <laughs> you can say that, because yes. I would say that too. <laughs> you know, it is petrifying. I understand that from my perspective of, I was actually a public school teacher for nine years before the girls were born. And I knew actually before they were born that I wanted to homeschool, though my husband wasn't quite so sure until they were toddlers. But by the time that they were school age, we knew we were going to do it. And here's why I know it's petrifying for the average mom, because- even all through my homeschooling career, what I would get from parents, talk, people talking to me was, well, Tina, you were a school teacher. You can homeschool, but what about all those other mm. parents? They should not do that. And I can't tell you how mad that made me because I saw the system from the inside, and that's actually one of the main reasons why we homeschool. But I understand where the fear comes from, from the quote-unquote average parent, because you've been told for years that you need to send your kids to school, you need to rely on the paid experts, you can't do it, you're not capable. So I get it because I heard that, I've had to defend that for my friends and family who were homeschooling that didn't have that school background. And here's what I know. In fact, I know that I know that I know it. You, mama, and your husband, if you're married, you are the ones who know your child the best of all more than anybody else in the entire universe. 
in the public schools, in private schools, there are a lot of good people who've gone into the system because they want to try to, to reach kids. There are a lot of not-so-nice people. Mm-hmm. But even the best, kindest, most loving, Christian even, competent teacher does not know your child better than you do. And they get 20 children, if it's elementary school, every year. They meet them in September. They say goodbye to them in May or June. There's no way they can know your child better than you do because you've been raising that child from birth or the day you adopted that child. And so you know that child better than anybody else. And I don't want you to let anybody ever say that you don't. That's so good. And that's exactly what I would say. I would say that the Lord gave you your children because he has given you insight that only you are capable of seeing in your children. And, yes. and I also taught other people's kids for, mm-hmm. for a long time. And I have to say, and especially having my girl who isn't, doesn't fall into the, the big, huge, needing a billion friends and socialite and needing to talk and loud and all those things. Those children seem to get a little bit left out, not because, not because you're trying to, but because all of your attention usually is spent with helping the ones who are loud and the ones who are right there. And so I, as a mom, knew that I had to do this, right? And it wasn't because of my great teaching skills. No, it wasn't. It's because I knew both of my children, particularly, you know, that need for Madeline at that time, I knew for a fact if it was going to be, it was going to be me. You have everything, mom. You have everything, dad. You have everything that God placed in you to bring your children up to his glory mm-hmm. because he called you to be the parent. You know, there's a thing that goes like this. Sometimes I always look at it like this. I say this to people sometimes. When you go through the drive through okay, do you really believe that the person flipping the burgers is the ultimate best of the best burger flipper of all time. Or when you go through the bank drive through that that person just knows every single thing there is about banking. Or how about the hospital? I worked at the hospital in the heart unit as a nurse's aide. I would meet people and I'm sure they thought I knew every single thing there was to know about the human body. Just because I stuck a needle in their loved one's arm. The truth of the matter is not really. And so God knows, and God chose you. He chose you to do that. You have everything it takes, right? That's it. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, and think about that. If God trusted you with those children, do you think that he knows you can succeed in raising them? And It's a very weird thing in our culture these days that we separate out cognitive academic learning from everything else. Mm. Because the truth of the matter is, mom, that you already have been teaching your child. If your child is two months old, five years old, 12 years old, you've taught them a lot of things already. So you've taught them to use the potty. You've Mm. taught them to eat with a fork and a spoon. You taught them to walk. And... You taught them how to speak and understand the language. That happened at home in their early years. And it didn't happen with a curriculum. It just happened with relationship and you knowing your kids. And little by little, it happened. And so that's the other thing. You know, trust that God isn't dumb. He chose you. He knows what he's doing. And you don't have to know everything ahead of time. 
You just need to know enough the day that you pull your kids out that you need to pull your kids out. And the rest will fall into place as you begin to learn and study, as you pray, as you talk to other homeschoolers. You'll figure it out step by step and your kids will not suffer as you're learning. They'll be inspired that you're learning too. Yes. I love that question. And I love that answer. I'm glad that you talked about that. Yeah. I mean, just the fact of the, we separate this learning thing into these little airtight compartments. But if you taught, I mean, you, you, you taught your parent, I mean, you, you taught your children everything Tina just said, Mm -hmm. what would make you think? I mean, it's not like you're going to teach them, you know, they're not going after their PhD right (laughs) off the bat. And by the time they make that decision, guess what? They're going to love learning and they're going to want to do it. Mm -hmm. So moving on, we could talk about that for a Real quick though, but there's a meme that goes around on Facebook to the effect of if the system that let most of us went to public school, I grew up in public school and again, then spent nine years teaching in public school. So Mm. most of us of a certain age went to public school. And if the system that we all attended somehow failed us that we are incapable of teaching our children the same content why would we want to send our children to that system? We wouldn't. Right. That's the answer. Mm-hmm. We just wouldn't. Well, I think we should. We can move on to the next question. <laughs> <laughs> We're only two in, but we could stay there, guys. We could talk all night about that. Yes, so, you know what's funny? Listeners, if you're in our area and you come to the homeschool loft, you'll learn this about us. Um, we, have, we have regular office hours. Okay. Right now, Tuesday morning, Wednesday afternoons, and Thursday evenings. And because of the time of year, we haven't had too many guests yet. I and mean, we just started two weeks ago as well. <laughs> but we're there for four hours at a crack. And Jenny and I just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And I don't know that we ever I've... resolve anything or solve the, every nope. problem of the world or anything. We just talk. So we could talk about all these things all day long. And it's so <laughs> relaxing and great at the homeschool loft just to sit there and talk, mm-hmm. isn't it? That's right. And so that's kind of what we're doing now. <laughs> See, actually, the, the podcast is for us. <laughs> I was scared. Don't I was be, scared. Don't be scared. I know. You're okay. doing great. All right. We might sound silly, but that's okay. Yeah. That just goes to show you that even homeschool veteran moms yeah. graduated their kids and all of our kids are doing very, very well. Mm. We might sound like dorks now and then. Yeah. And that's okay. It's totally okay. (laughs) That's right. You don't have to be perfect to be a homeschooler. So let's see. How, Jenny, did you overcome your fear of homeschooling your children if you had a fear of doing it? Yeah. You know what? I can't say I really had. I mean, I probably, maybe I should have had a little more fear. (laughs) I think my parents were fearful, right? (laughs) I really didn't have that fear. And probably because I was so knowing something needed to change, mm-hmm. you know, with Madeline, that I just, it was like, this is what we have to do. I just came up with the fact that we had to homeschool. No, <laughs> God called me to it. And I'm not saying that you, you guys, you know, that everybody's like that. Fear is not bad. Fear yeah. is rather normal. Jenny's not normal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we can just put that out there right now. It's so true. <laughs> I mean, the fear came later for me. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think it comes in different phases. So I think where it says, how did you overcome your fear of homeschooling your children? It didn't start right off the bat. I think fear came when it was kind of inching up towards middle school, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That time. Maybe that's when fear came because then that lie, you know, the lie, the lie called how are your grades, girl? And you're going to school. Okay, <laughs> grades are for me. It doesn't matter. I was learning with my children. And so how I overcame that was literally through the classical model of education. 
for mm-hmm. me, you might hear me talk about the classical model of education often because it's really, it was just a life changing thing for me because I didn't do well in school, you know, as the professionals would say. <laughs> I didn't get straight A's or anything, guys. And so I always thought, you know, after, in hindsight, after I was out of high school, I thought, I'm so dumb. Like, I'm just, I'm dumb. And then when I met Joel, he graduated from Purdue and he was like the Purdue guy and super smart. And, and I would have conversations with people and wouldn't know things mm. about conversations, right? Like just heady conversations. But Joel fell in love with you anyway. He did. He sure did. Mm-hmm. And so what happened was through delving into the classical model of education, I came to understand the term called the trivium, which is Latin for like three roads. And grammar is the beginning stage. And that's when you, you just kind of know the terms. Okay. And I'm going to say this really quick. I don't want to take up all the time with this one question, but I will <laughs> say it because it's important. So it's like this for anybody who feels fear that you're not good enough. You can't, you don't know certain information when you're in the grammar stage. It's kind of like, you know, a little, you know, the terms, okay. Like Starbucks, if I'm in the grammar stage at Starbucks, I mean, I've heard, I've heard of like a Frappuccino, no clue. I, I mean, I, I can say those terms to you cause I've heard of them, but I really just have no idea. Okay. The next stage of the trivium would be called the dialectic stage. Okay. Now that stage is like, oh yeah, it's the Frappuccino. And so I now know that the Frappuccino is, maybe that was a bad one. Cause really I don't know what a Frappuccino <laughs> is, but let's use grande. Okay. Let's just use that term. So grande. I know that that's going to be the medium. And I know that I can order it. I know it. I'm not quite sure about all the fancy schmancy stuff, right? The next stage, the rhetoric stage would be called. Now I've been to Starbucks. I've used the terminology. I know all of the drinks there. I talk about them to all my friends. (laughs) I have purchased a coffee machine that can do what Starbucks does. So now I am whipping up recipes. I am teaching other people how to make, you know, frappuccinos and using all the terminology. Guess how I'm involving this whole scenario right here, the trivium, into this question, Tina. I'm waiting. You want me to bring it back around? I'm waiting. We're going to circle back around. I'll, <laughs> tell right. you, I'll tell you why. Because once I understood that I really wasn't stupid, mm-hmm. okay, it's just that I didn't know the grammar of the subject. Okay, so I would have a conversation with somebody and it wasn't that I was dumb. I just didn't learn it. I just didn't know the grammar of the subject. See, the high school that I went to, they wouldn't tell you that, though. Right. Mm -hmm. Either you know it or you're dumb. That's just all there is to it. And they'll call you that by your grade. They they will put the grade on you and then you'll forever walk around with that grade. So that's my whole story. That's it. (laughs) So you were fearful as your kids got older. Mm hmm. I was kind of fearful, even though I knew I was called to homeschooling and it was a, my husband, Jeff, and I decided when we finally decided it was one of these, we're going to pretend there's no other educational options out on the planet, right? Like we're out, Little House on the Prairie out in South Dakota in 1872 or whatever, and there are no other options. So we knew homeschooling was it. But I had taught middle school and high schoolers when I was in the public schools. So I was kind of at the uh, rhetoric phase with teenagers. Mm -hmm. I love teenagers, but I'd never taught a child to learn to read. And so I didn't really think about it when the girls were little because I thought, well, we're just going to do this thing. And then because I was so, quote unquote, schooled, because I was a schoolgirl, I 
followed all the rules. Jenny would have been like the rebel if we had known each other in high school and I was the good girl. And I, I don't, that's, I'm not proud of that now, but mm. that's where I was you at the time. Well, no, because really there are things that need to be questioned in the system. True. And I just was a rule follower. Yeah. No, I'm not anymore. And my kids cannot believe that I ever was, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I was at the time. And so kind, I was doing fine when the girls were in preschool. I wasn't like thinking they needed, I needed a curriculum. But Rachel turned five and I kind of lost my mind. And I'm like, well, she's five. She has to learn to read now, like tomorrow. Her birthday is today. Tomorrow we start. And it was almost that crazy. And here's what the Lord did for me, though. He used Rachel to humble me and give me patience because I was afraid to teach a child to read. And Rachel, she's not, she doesn't have dyslexia. She doesn't have a learning disability, but the child was naturally wired by God to be a late bloomer when it came to literacy. Now, you would never know it now. She read 150 books just in her high school years alone, and she just, she'll pick up David Copperfield for fun. So, I mean, you would never know it now, but she didn't really click with reading until she was eight years old. And I started the day after she turned five. Mm. And that was scary. So here I am all ready to go. I've got the $300, I'm not kidding you, $300 curriculum. That was dumb. And I'm almost making her cry every day because she's trying so hard. She really was, and it just wasn't clicking. And I didn't know about her as a learner. It turns out that she's a right-brained learner. I didn't know that at the time. Nobody taught me that in teacher training either. So I just had to fly by the seat of my pants. And But I got scared in the middle of this process of, I can't even teach my child to read. How is this ever going to work out? But it was a process. My other child learned to read like really quickly. So then it was like, well, what's going on with that? So that was my fear. Um, And after I overcame that and I understood through patience I had to develop with Rachel and learn how she was wired as a learner, kind of after that, I was like, well, whatever comes at me next, I'll be able to tackle. You know, I'm going to have to get some books out. I'm going to have to talk to people. Maybe I may have to use community resources. You know, I, I wasn't so arrogant that at a certain point I was like, hmm, is it possible that Rachel does have dyslexia and I might need to use a community resource? I was thinking about that and praying. And that was a big thing, praying all the way through. Mm. And as soon as I would think, well, maybe I do need to call somebody, she would make a leap. And that was God's way of showing me, no, this child, not that having a disability is wrong or bad. This child doesn't have a disability. I'm just using her in your life to give you patience and perspective and humility. And don't be afraid because I'm right here. And that's almost what I heard God clearly say in the midst of that with Rachel. He is so good. Yes. I mean, pray, right? Yeah. Isn't that the thing? Everything has to be grounded in prayer. Yeah. And then it'll fall into place. Yep. Little by little. This is a great <laughs> question. How the homeschool loft can help you homeschool. Tina. Well, Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't even realize this question. I'm, not, I'm sure this is nothing we can talk yeah. about at all, right? No, we don't I have mean. A clue, right? Mm. Okay, so you're going to answer this too, whatever I miss, okay? So as I mentioned in the introduction, the homeschool loft is a physical, real place. And if you live in or around Green Bay, Wisconsin, Brown County, whatever, if you want to drive, we had somebody driving from an hour and a half away for our grand opening, which was very fun. But if you're anywhere in that vicinity, you can actually come and visit us for real in person. And what we do there is, I just had one last week where um, we can do one-on-one consultations. So if you have questions about homeschooling, if you're afraid, you're just not sure, you can come in and sit down with us. We'll make you a cup of coffee. 
and we'll sit down and we'll answer your questions. And you can come and look at our curriculum library. Now, we don't have samples of every single thing. Another project I've been working on for the last eight years is the Homeschool Resource Roadmap. And that lists and charts and describes every single curricular resource that I have discovered is available for homeschoolers. Jenny, do you know how many companies are on the Homeschool Resource Too Roadmap? Too many. <laughs> too many. It is too many. As of this afternoon, hold on to your hats. This is not books. This is companies. Mm. 5,025 companies. 5,025 homeschooling com- companies that, that, that provide for homeschoolers. Yes. Some are specifically homeschool related. Some are school. Others are, you know, they also sell to schools, but they market yeah. to homeschoolers as well. And some of them have, you know, a hundred different things. Some have like one little penmanship curriculum, but they're all out there. And I spent the last eight and a half years charting them all out and putting them on the roadmap. So I okay, that, wait, wait, let me interrupt you. Okay. That right there is Guinness Book <laughs> World Records for just your work. What a great, amazing work that God put in you prior right. to all of this. Yeah. Right yeah. to this whole homeschool loft thing. Right, right. Who would have known? God, right. God knows. Exactly, you know, because, so I'm pretty sure we can't have a sample from every okay, single company. Can. And a lot of those are online only. So- Unless we, we do have our computers at the lot, we can pull up one of those online resources and talk you through it if you come and visit us. But we can have samples from a lot of the resource providers, the ones that Jenny and I have used and know, the ones that some of our local veteran friends that we hope that you'll get to meet over the coming months as we talk to them here, that they'll lend us at the loft, things that we're going to go to a used book sale in a couple of weeks and, and haul a whole bunch of stuff back over. And we're going to aim for resources we know are used in our area, because if you're within driving distance, you're going to come and visit us, and we want you to have stuff that's relevant for you. So you can come visit us. You can look at the curriculum. Oh, and I'm going to let Jenny finish all the other stuff. But the other thing is this. If you just need to come into the loft and sit down on the couch and tell us, Jenny and Tina, I really don't need to talk to anybody right now. I just need to sit here and be quiet. You can do that, too. We have a beautiful space and we'll just aim not to talk to each other or you. We, we can do it, right? Jenny? I mean, we can do it. We, we have work we, to we do. can do that for yep. the love of, of this other person who's coming Amen. in. We can do it, right? We will. Um, Our promise is to you today. If you do want to come yes. and you just want to sit and it's, it's a loft, mm-hmm. lofty view. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's yes. It's very beautiful. So pelicans flying around and the whole thing. So, that's right. That's yeah. right. So I talked about the library and the one-on-one consultations and what else do we do, Jenny? The Lofty Readers. That's right. And we, which is an example of what? The book club. Mm-hmm. The Lofty Readers book club, which currently right now is on Tuesdays. We're in the middle of The Call of the Wild and Free. Is I know it it's Ainsley Arment, right? Okay, there you go. It is. It's Ainsley Arment. And it's such a great book. Here's what I love about the fact, and, and this is really my heart of why I wanted to start the whole Lofty Readers thing, because let's not kid ourselves, Mom. Here's what happens. There are a billion homeschool mom books. Okay, there's there are not a billion, but a lot. Eh, not a billion. I'm an exaggerator. <laughs> but there's a lot, and even dad dad books. We mm-hmm. we have at least we have one. Some dad books. Yep, yep, we do. And so what happens generally speaking is you know we purchase all of these books and then we're like oh we're gonna do we're gonna read that book and we're gonna do that but I'm here to hold y'all accountable to do that because it's important 
it's important to continually be learning, getting new ideas, just mm-hmm. seeing, you know, really, and why is it important? It's important because you get full view of the truth. The truth is you can homeschool your children because you're the parent. <laughs> and that's why we read homeschooling books like that. It just helps us. It brings us back down. It's not a comparison thing. And we get to drink coffee and sit on the couch mm-hmm. and shares. <laughs> I right. love it. I just right. love it. And I love books. And you're you're planning to do a at this point, every Tuesday night, and you'll yes. have a different book in the fall, and yes. right, it'll just be going forward. That's right. Forever. That's right. We have uh, other discussion groups. I've been running a monthly, just open-ended discussion group, come on Monday night, and just talk about what's going on. Um, yeah. So we're not necessarily reading a book together, but we're just talking. And that discussion is far-ranging. All kinds of topics come up month yeah. to month with that one. And so that's another thing that we do. Starting in the fall, we're going to be doing some workshops and seminars, like once a month workshops and seminars on topics relevant. I think the first one is how to homeschool in high school, if I'm remembering I correctly. think it is. Now yeah. there, mm-hmm. how to homeschool in high school. Think of that big loaded question. That'll probably be one of our talks here. Yeah. One week. I think it will be. Yeah. Our kids graduated. So they must be. With they must honors. Have something, right? They graduated with <laughs> honors. Top of the class. <laughs> For yours, my two girls are 11 and a half months apart. So they actually, at a certain point, um, Rachel decided she wanted to graduate with her younger sister. So they graduated together. So they actually had a class of two. Mm-hmm. And they're not real twins. They're Irish twins. They're Irish twins. That doesn't sound Irish. And I I'm Polish, so that's crazy. But well, no, that's a whole different topic. <laughs> I'm, I think I'm kind of Irish. My mom's maiden last name was McGregor. McGregor. There you go. I don't know if that's Irish or it could be something else. (laughs) But let's see. You know, all these questions are really good, but these are the ones that are near and dear. Mom, pay attention to this out there. Or dad, whoever's listening, listen to this. Because this is pertaining the fondest memories. And at the end of the day, no matter how stressed it was, Mm -hmm. it's the answer that Tina's going to give us. These kind of answers that just keep us going, keep us going along the whole time. And and the question is, Tina, what are your fondest memories of homeschooling your children? I could talk all night about that. I know. This is a loaded question. (laughs) It really is. And But I was thinking about it ahead of time because Jenny's son Noah gave us some ideas for questions. (laughs) He, wait, can Props I just jump in? Can I just say that he told us not really to study the questions and come up with answers, but then I saw Tina walk in with her planner. I <laughs> Okay, wait, I was holding my planner, to be fair, <laughs> studying the questions as well. So right. I just thought about them. Yeah. Right? That's and what I, we do. I, if I if I would have made a list, which I didn't really, I started and I thought this could go on all day. So I'll just highlight a few things. Okay. Because I realized that there was a theme as I was thinking about these fond memories. So honestly, one one of my first fond memories is literally sitting on the couch with Rachel as she is what some people would have called a struggling reader, what I thought at the time, but it turns out she really was just blooming in her own time. When I finally kind of got my act together about that and I put aside the dumb $300 curriculum and found, coincidentally, got incidentally, at a curriculum fair, a beautiful little $7 hardcover reader called the Amish Pathway Readers. And they are the sweetest series. I totally recommend them. And we'll probably do that throughout. Just recommend different things that we've used. Might not work for you, but it worked for us. So when I finally relaxed and realized I need to try something with different with Rachel, we just sat on the couch. 
we cuddled up together with our blankets all around us and we buddy read. And every day we would just read part of a story or the whole story. And if Rachel got stuck on a word, I just told it to her. We just moved through it. And that relaxed me. It relaxed her. And instead of sitting across the table and me drilling phonics at her, the way she's wired as a person and as a learner, that's what worked for her. And so just those sweet memories. And then kind of in contrast to that, but along the same lines, one of my fondest memories of Abby when she was a little girl, because I was going insane and I thought, well, if Rachel's reading at five and Abby is cognitively able, I'm going to have her learn to read at four, you know, because why not, (laughs) right? So at the same time I was trying to work with Rachel on this, I decided Abby could do it too. And actually, Abby's a left brain learner. And so she actually picked up the phonics just fine, but she would pitch a fit. And she was a really compliant little girl. So she never really pitched a fit and she would do the math and she would do the penmanship. And why is she crying and screaming every time I pull out the reading curriculum? I didn't know. And I started praying about, okay, I don't want to validate her temper tantrum, but honestly, no four-year-old needs to learn to read. And what, can I just put it away? And I didn't know. And I, this was on for weeks and weeks and weeks. And this is just such a funny story. And it does illustrate a point. After a few weeks, I pulled out the reading curriculum one day and Abby came up to me and she crossed her little arms and she stomped her little foot and she said, Mama, I just want to be four. Aww. And that showed me that, and to this day, I mean, ever for her whole life, I learned for her that she knows herself very well as a learner. And so it was a theme for her with that. But what was so cool about that ultimately in with Rachel and all the other things I think about with our memories they all boil down to relationship. And if you talk to a kid who goes to a a quote-unquote normal conventional school and you ask them what their favorite subject is, they're going to say recess nine times out of 10, right? They don't remember the math lesson. They'll learn the math, but they don't remember the math lesson. They don't remember the science lesson unless something blew up in the classroom and it was very exciting, right? Yep. And I think it's the same thing at home. My girls both graduated from high school and they're both doing great, wonderful things. And so by God's grace, I was able to teach them everything that they needed to know. But what stands out are the things that help me remember our relationship and that illustrate the fact that really relationship is the key. First, I as the mom needed to have a relationship with the Lord so that I could pass that on to my kids and so that I could have a relationship with them. If I had tried to teach them all kinds of academic stuff without relationship, it wouldn't have worked. And that was the starting point. And so all the memories I was going over today all boiled down to time and relationship with the girls. I would have to agree. Yeah. That is true. What are some of your fondest memories? They're all fond. <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> Even kidding. the hard moments, right? I yeah. mean, ultimately. <laughs> what is the saying? The hardest moment or the hardest time homeschooling. On your hardest day, mm-hmm. homeschooling is way better than your easiest day away. Yeah. Right? Sending them to public school. school. Yep. yep. But you know what? I'm just going to, this isn't necessarily, and I, I mean that when I say my fondest memories are everything. I'm not kidding because here's the truth. And I'm not just saying, I know some might think I'm just going to say this because I'm going to say this. No, I'm, I'm serious. I'm dead serious. I have always been so very thankful that God called us to homeschool. I never, ever, I can say, I take a lot of things for granted. I, Mm -hmm. I literally never did. I mean, I would wake up, you can, you can even ask my husband. I would wake up. I would be so just thankful that I get to be with my kids today. Mm-hmm. We, we get to homeschool. I never took it for granted. 
I mean, I literally never did. And I take a lot of things for granted, but I used to say it's like, it's like winning the lottery mm. a thousand times every day. Mm-hmm. Truly. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe this is our life. I can't believe that I get to stay home with my children and who taught who, right? Those are really my fondest memories. Mm -hmm. I have learned so much about myself Mm -hmm. through Madeline and Noah. I have learned so much, so much. And, but mostly just that God would call us to do it and he saw us through it. And so just seeing on the hardest days, Always he would show me good, goodness in each day. By the end of that hard time, right? By the end of that day, just there's nothing to be unthankful for. There was always fruit Mm -hmm. with all of it. Mm -hmm. And so that's my fondest memory (laughs) in a nutshell. In a nutshell. And you know, but you mentioned something, hard days. There are hard days. There will be hard days. And I think sometimes there's a myth out there that if you Oh, here's what I hear. You know, I'm not patient enough to homeschool. Oh, goodness. So I can't homeschool because I'm not very patient. Mm-mm. Or, you know, I've, I pulled my kids out this past year during the pandemic, and it was really hard. So I need to put them back into school in the fall. And honestly, all of those things are lies. Yeah. I'm not patient. If my girls were here, and maybe they'll be interviewed along the some way, and I'll be real transparent, and I'll let mm-hmm. them tell you, there were days that that my nickname was Psycho Mommy, yeah, and that, that's just the way it was. But homeschooling is about providing kids their academic learning mm-hmm. with everything else. It's also a sanctification process for the mm-hmm. parent. Because, no, I'm not a patient person, but because of God in me and my commitment, and I really think obedience— when we choose to obey what God tells us to do, he blesses. Yes. And so I learned to be a patient person. Yeah. He gave me opportunities to practice being patient mm. through my kids, through other situations, through different challenges. And I think, well, I know that can happen for anybody else. But Jenny, and maybe you can answer this too. I'm going off script here, so I'm going to throw you for wow. a loop. Mm-hmm. Okay. As you were talking, yes, I was thinking about, okay, so you and I are very blessed in that we have wonderful husbands who took it on themselves to provide for us financially so that we could be home um, and raise our kids. And there was a season when I did some in-home childcare, but I was still home. And I just expected, I treated those little kids as if they were my nieces and nephews and it was a blast. But some people will say, I can't homeschool because I'm a single mom. Mm. I can't homeschool because I have to work. We're two spouses here, but we have to both work. Can you address that? Because people are like, no, I can't do it. But anybody can. Absolutely. This is always the biggest. I'm so glad that you veered us off track. (laughs) Because first off, what we have to get out of our heads, our indoctrinated heads, is that learning happens from 8 a.m. until 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. Monday through Friday. And so if that is your belief Mm -hmm. and you have to work because maybe there's just the one income, Mm -hmm. then you're right. You can homeschool. Mm -hmm. Okay. But we know that's not truth. Because no human being only learns between 8 a.m. and 3 p.m. It's just bizarre. Why do people think this? See, homeschooling, okay, there's a lot of, and we won't even go down that track. Listen, learning happens all the time, everywhere, no matter where you are. Mm-hmm. It's not separated from parenting. So you would never dream of saying, well, I'm a single parent and I work all the time, so I can't parent my child when the child's with me. That's not true. If you were to admit that, (laughs) it wouldn't be good. 
but you can learn with your children anytime. Maybe you have to be, you know, have your attention on your job, on your job for a certain period of the day, but that's okay. The same time that you're sitting around the dinner table, driving in the car, helping them get dressed, shopping, walking along the way, rising up in the morning, going to sleep at night, those are learning opportunities. Mm-hmm. Any time you have with your child is you teaching and training because you're the parent. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say to that. There is absolutely zero excuse mm-hmm. for anybody, for any of us as parents, right? right? There's just zero excuse. So be encouraged that it doesn't ever have to look a certain way. We just believe that because a lot of us have been indoctrinated to believe that. And boy, that indoctrination goes deep, deep, yes. deep, deep. And it, it's hard to convince somebody different. Right. It also doesn't take seven hours a day. No. When you're doesn't. when you're educating your child one on one or one on two or like my friend at church one on nine, it's still a lot less ratio than even the smallest private Absolutely. school out there. And so you're doing one on one or small groups. It only takes a couple hours a day, yeah. and not even every day. Yeah. I have some friends who homeschool their kids on the weekends. Because parents are working, and so they just make time That's on a good Saturday point. and Sunday, and sometimes in the evenings. You yep. know, I think the challenge would be finding childcare if the parents have to work like a first shift kind of thing. I don't think that's insurmountable. I just think it's a matter of finding a relative, a friend, somebody who's willing to have your school age child come over and hang out, mm-hmm. and maybe you send some stuff over with the child to do during that time. But the academic stuff. Mm-mm. That doesn't no. take that doesn't take long. And that just ties into and I'm just gonna say right off the bat, I know, I know this is another temptation <laughs> that moms sometimes have, or maybe the dad has it, right? And that's called, Well, they only did school for two hours today. <laughs> you they have to be sitting there for at least twelve. What do you mean? Mm. We want listen, we cannot expect our children to do what we as adults can't even do. And if a child is getting restless because you're trying to cram in 58 lessons so that you can get done by the end of the year or the day or whatever that is, come on. No. That's exactly why we take them out of the school system. Right. It's so natural. And I know for, for some, this is all new to hear. So I'm not, I'm not trying to you know, point fingers or anything. We've all been there. The truth is, is learning, it just comes so natural. It doesn't have to look anything like the school system. The school system has to have a system because there's a lot of kids coming. There's a lot of people. So there has to be some kind of a order, some kind of a system. But, you know, it, the bathroom breaks, the, between the hours, the bell ringing, the whole lunch, the recess, all, take all of that out. How long is school actually? Mm-hmm. Not long. No, not at all. Right? Not at all. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yes. So Jenny, why should somebody homeschool their children? We should homeschool our children because we know exactly what's best for them. Mm-hmm. We are the best teacher. You know, I hear people say often that, you know, the, the public school needs to have light. So we ought to send our children to be the light. But I would say that your child needs to receive that truth and that light from you first and foremost, yes. and to give them a chance. Right. Children don't come out of the womb saved. No, they don't. Yeah. And so they need to be taught and trained to speak truth and to know the truth and to recognize 
And subject-wise, nobody gets to choose what, what you learn. Who, who chooses that for you, right? Who, who chooses that? You get to pick and choose the subjects that you are important for you and important for your family. I mean, for that reason alone, I would homeschool. <laughs> but just to spend time. Also, another huge thing is the family is the most important, whether that be mom and the kids, just dad and the kids, mom and dad together in the home with the kids, but they need to be with their parents Mm -hmm. to ship them off for eight hours a day, starting at 7am. Some, some kids actually go to care prior to that. And then they go to school and then they go to after school and then they have sports Mm -hmm. and then they come home late at night. And then they have that late dinner through McDonald's or something. And um, then they do homework and then they do homework and there's tears and there's frustration and the parents have no idea what's really happening in the life because they're separated the whole time. How does that equate to raising up your child? Hmm. Just to be blunt, it doesn't. Mm -hmm. And it's hard. And that's not to say, I'm not saying that because we know that there are great teachers out there and I can think of a couple great schools as well, but Mm -hmm. spending time with your children is important. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of along that same line, for me, it was obedience. Mm. God just made it very clear that he had called us to homeschool. And sometimes I'll talk to parents and I, one thing I want to say is we don't, Jenny and I don't want to beat you over the head with mm-hmm. our Bibles and scripture verses and all yeah. of that, but there are The verses. kids, yeah, but you guys, no, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just There are lots and lots of Bible verses to support the idea that God calls us to raise our own children. And again, we don't separate out the academics. Just going back to the Old Testament in the Hebraic way of thinking, they thought in a very holistic way. Your child is your child, not broken up into different parts of your child. And so when God says, raise up your own children, he means in every single way. So for me, it was a matter of obedience, and it was very clear. And sometimes I'll talk to parents, and, and I try very hard to be gentle because I, I know the thought of homeschooling is scary for a whole host of reasons. But I sometimes will say to a mom who's questioning, you know, can I do this? Should I do this? I think my kids need to be in the school system and be a light. I would add to that that, no, 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 Christian adult believers can be in the system and be a light if they're discipled and they're ready for that minefield. I spent nine years in public schools and again, Christian adults should be there to be a light, but it's still hard, even if you're fully raised. But anyway, these moms will be talking to me and they will say something to the effect of that, that they're just very, they're not sure at all and they're fighting it and they start arguing with me. And if someone starts arguing with me, if I'm just trying to put ideas out there, nine times out of 10, I can see that the Lord is trying to convict that person and they're fighting it. Because as Americans, we like to think independently. We like to go our own way. We like to have our plans and we have this laid out, here's the American dream for my family. And that doesn't include devoting 18 years per child to their education. That is, And so we get stubborn and and we want to say no. In my experience, the harder a person is fighting it and arguing against homeschooling, the more the Lord's trying to convict them to Mm -hmm. do it. Yeah, I agree. If somebody's at peace and they're like, no, this is what I'm doing, and they don't sense a need to argue about the idea of homeschooling, then maybe they're at where God is calling them to be at. 
But if they fight it, man, that's an obedience issue. And the only way it's going to stop is if you obey. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Well, that's a wrap. (laughs) That is a wrap, you guys. I am absolutely amazed that we got through this whole thing. Mm. Can I just say that I actually, wearing these headphones, had an itch in my ear. (laughs) But I didn't mess with it because I know you hear every single sound. It picks up every single thing. I just, I want to encourage all of you today, really, just to go into your day today knowing for a fact that you are called, Mm -hmm. you are enough, and you don't have to believe anything else. If you hear that little voice or, or you're watching somebody else do something, your friends who have everything super great and it's all really great and it's great and it's great, it's not great, okay? <laughs> We're all just trying to keep our head above the water. And God is our lifesaver. And we know that. You can go into this day knowing that you're enough. And I hope that you enjoyed this podcast. I'm praying, literally praying, that there was something in here. Mm-hmm between Tina and I that you can resonate with because I'm actually resonating. And I mean, my kids are graduating. Well, you're still going to homeschool conventions. I don't know why, but. You guys, Tina. That's right. Did you hear what she said? We go to homeschool conventions and that's for you guys out there because I'll get new ideas. We have to stay hip with the homeschool times. That's right. I'm just teasing you. I know. Someday you'll come. Oh, I don't mind, but yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll get a bus. You guys can all come too. Ooh, we'll all the get loft, in the bus. The loft can sponsor a bus. Absolutely. To a homeschool convention. I'm one not going to drive it or anything, but. Well, no, we'll have to hire somebody. I mean, who it would can be a bus driver. Drive. Yeah. Do you guys want to go to a homeschool conference? Have you ever been to one? I'll be your tour guide. Mm-hmm. We have been going to homeschool conferences since the kids were just little wee things. And I have to tell you right now, it will change your life. It's so great. And it's just great to be around like-minded people. And there are a bazillion speakers and just greatness. And then there's these roasted nuts of all different flavors (laughs) that our family gets all the time. And then you can do all these great things. So, hey, I'll let you know. I'll let you know when they're (laughs) coming up on the circuit, the circuit of homeschooling conventions. But yeah, thanks for joining us. I hope that your day is absolutely blessed and go shine bright for your kids because you are enough. Amen. Amen. Amen.